Man, welcome, 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 welcome everybody to another, another, another episode of Training the Trainer podcast. I am your co-host, Jamal Richardson at JMR Basketball. Person to my left, my dog, my brother. They know me. Oh, it's just at that point. They just know you now. They know me. You big time. <laughs> hey, listen, we ain't got to do that. Look, Mom, it's on the screen. We'll have to do that no more. Oh, hey. man. So, you know what we should start doing? We should just. I'm sorry. I'm here, man. I'm here with my, with my, my bestie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, but before we start this episode, bro, I just, you know, T2T, hoodie. Oh, fuck. Man, I feel like I feel like got nothing. Shout out to Belmont. I, said, I ain't got, man, what's up? I ain't got no merch. Hey, there's only two hoodies. I ain't going to tell you who got the other one. <laughs> Let's start the episode, man. Let's start the episode. But anywho. Merch coming soon. When as soon as I get my merch, then we'll release the general, you know, general population merch. But no, nah, the, the hoodie's fire though. FYI, hoodie's dope. Yes, sir. Hoodie's dope, bro. But yeah, man, we got special man, special topic today. Um, very, very important, uh, particularly for both players and parents. But it's more so directed to parents. Um, and today's topic, man, we want to talk about parent expectations versus player expectations and realistic expect expectations. Very, very important, man, because this is something uh, particularly in, in dynamic with the relationship between players and parents. Um, and also parents and coaches and parents and trainers and players and coaches and players and trainers. There's a lot that comes along with that, man. So we just really felt like this was very, very important um, to kind of dial in and talk about, man. So, uh, Sean, I'm gonna let you have the floor, bro. I'm gonna let you let, let you crank it up, man, and uh, let's 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 let's, really, let's get it rolling, man. Let's get this ball going. Um, I'm gonna jump into uh, probably my favorite part of this whole discussion mm -hmm. is the initial contact from a parent. Yeah, as a trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my biggest pet peeve. In the situation is you get a phone call or a text and the parent immediately explains to you what they think their could their kid is good at and what their kid is bad at um and what goals they want for their kid um i said it's pet peeve because i would rather talk to the kid first i would rather address the kid and see what the kid's mindset is is the kid ready to work is the kid ready to realize their flaws and, and put the work in it's going to be needed to be to get better at those things what is the kids go what do you want to go play college basketball he's trying to make a high school team um i always try to make sure like can i talk to your child can i communicate your child for a second and if they're at middle school high school age of course we're not going to talk to a little seven year old kid but i think my biggest pet peeve is parents have these at times not all the time have these unrealistic thoughts about what their kids can already do mm -hmm. instead of just handing me a blank ca canvas and let me figure that out in the first workout we work out together what i feel like they need to work on what i feel like they need to get better at uh, so to go to the topic i guess the first question i want to ask Maul is when a parent calls you 
how do you handle it? How do you respond to it? What are your expectations once you get to the workout? Uh, <clears throat> when a parent calls, man, I think, uh, you know, first I want to just get a gauge on um, the expectations from the parent, um, kind of just what they're looking for in terms of what they really want to focus on skill-wise and uh, mentality-wise, everything to a degree. Um, and then from that point, I do make it a, I do make it very, very adamant um, in regards of parents have to allow me to to do the job. You know, if you're going to pay me for my expertise, my knowledge, and my service, um, you've got to let me be that voice. Um, and not saying that a parent can't, you know, can't chime in and can't, you know, give their input, but I would rather not have that take place during a workout. Um, because a lot of times it becomes, you know, for some kids and some players, it becomes a struggle on deciphering, do I listen to my parent or do I listen to the trainer? Do I listen to the coach? You know, and so um, having the mind frame of allowing them to hear my voice, allowing allowing me to be able to um, introduce my philosophies, introduce my tactics and my techniques and my uh, my strategies to help them be able to, you know, pick up, decipher, analyze, and apply. You know what I mean? And so I think, you know, the involvement of the parent, I love the enthusiastic aspect of it, but then at times um, it can also be overbearing, especially when you're trying to do too much. You know, like, so in, in retrospect, if it comes to um, a situation to where a parent comes in and and they're like constantly just in the ear of the of the kid. You know, I tell them like, look, if if, if that's going to be the case, then just don't. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't need me for my services. You know what I mean? You can do that yourself. You know, so I want that to be a, a point of like allow whoever you are or whoever you are going to to help your child, like allow that person to be that voice. You know what I'm saying? And so. And what happens is, is again, you kind of create this dynamic of, you know, you don't want to make it confusing for the kid. You don't want to make it a, a, a internal battle of who they should, you know, who, who they should pull to, who they should listen to. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing too, just from an expectation standpoint, I, t I often tell parents, listen, I'm, I'm not a miracle worker. You know, I'm not going to turn your child into an all-American in one week. Mm -hmm. You know, so understand that within this process of training, like you have to be patient. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, it is patience as a you know as a ritual say is like patience is virtue. You know, so things that I'm teaching, things that I am applying to your child, realistically, sometimes they may they may get it quickly. Sometimes they may they may get it. Uh, a month or a year or two years or three years from now, you know, so you have to give the player time to develop mentally, give the player time to develop, uh, you know, just from emotionally, give them time to develop physically, but more importantly, man, like just be supportive. If that's anything, if there's any advice I can give parents, man, just be supportive and, and do not jump the gun, like be patient in this process. You know what I mean? Because if you're looking for instant results, you know, quick fix, microwave mentality, especially in this training game, like it's not going to happen. 
You know what I mean? So you have to be supportive. If any, if any, and if anything, echo, you know, echo what I'm saying or echo what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like echo, be a be an additional voice to, you know, to influence and to, you know, enforce what it is that we're trying to teach instead of going against the grain and trying to make it a back and forth thing. I think his parents want their kids to progress at this rapid unrealistic pace uh, mm-hmm. I feel like they feel like a weekend maybe maybe you get two workouts on a week and all of a sudden they don't see what they think they should see come game day it's uh we need to do this more we need to do that more instead of just trusting the process um it takes uh 21 days to create a habit um so how can we think in two or three workouts we're going to be effective or going to be doing what you're learning at a high level that right. quick. sometimes you may have instances where some kids pick up certain things quicker than others but i feel like the parents have to have the patience to understand like this is going to be a process this is not a microwave situation where i'm going to send it in and send it back out like you said be a miracle worker right. like that um I think another thing I want to try to address here is kids come in with unrealistic expectations at times too about their games and where they think their game is, where they think they have their goal is I want to get an NBA. I'm thinking myself, everybody wants to get NBA, NBA. But right now I feel like your main focus should be just getting a scholarship. That's the start small, let's start small. Let's get this free school and have the expectation of, our goal is free school, um, especially in regards of, I think the hardest thing we do, Jamal, is to tell a kid they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest thing. I think it's always been a, a difficult thing when a kid asks you, like, what do you think about my game? And I'm like, we'll be truthful. We're like, yeah, be truthful. And it's just hard to tell them, like, you need to fix this, 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 and this. And you're not where you think you're at right now. This might be the reason why you're not playing as much as you play here. You want to play right now, and that's a hard discussion to have. Um, I also think that kids need to get off the highlight culture. <laughs> um, yeah, because you want to come to workouts, you want to work on all this. What I seen DG do last night, but I don't think you understand. DG's been doing this since he was ten. Um, I think that's the hardest thing for kids. Like, you got to get the basic fundamentals before we can even get to the next level of your skill set with proper footwork, being able to handle the ball, both hands, comfortable, just so many little things. Um, What is the craziest – let me say this right right. What is the craziest expectation you've had a parent send a kid that's contacted you? Um, man, probably, I mean, I'm just going to use DG, probably make my son like Darius Garland. Um, and I get that more often than you think, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's quite, I think it's quite just, it's a lot. And (laughs) I think, long story short, it's a lot. And the reason why it's a lot, because of the fact that one is it be it comes into a comparison. Like you're trying you're you're wanting me to make your son into a player that is one of one uh that's unique. You know what I'm saying? 
Secondly, you're not going to be that player. Period. And it's not. And it's not to say. You know what I mean? It's not to say that you can't get to that level, but you wanted me to make you identical to a player that has has just a unique skill set, has a unique talent, has a unique base, has a unique foundation. So everything in in, in correlation of wanting wanting me to turn your son into to a player like him is just not feasible. Uh, I think it gets to a point to where the expectation becomes that, and then when it's not met, then it's disappointment that comes along with it too. You know what I'm saying? And so before even going to that that depth and going to the grain of saying that, hey, um, you know, turn my player into DG. I want, I want my son to play like DG. Now, if there's some similarities and there's some some familiarity and things to that degree. All right, yeah, we can we can take little bits and pieces, but I'm not I'm not turning every player that I work with into a Darius Garland, and that's just the truth of the matter. But what I can do, I can turn your son or daughter into the best version of them, and that's all predicated on their skill, predicated on their ability, and predicated on their attributes. Uh, but for me, man, it's probably like the most. It's not, I'm not gonna say it's the craziest thing, but I am gonna say like it's the most consistent thing that I hear and I try to really just scale that down to understand like man like you know DG is unique completely unique you know what I'm saying and so like we can't I can't expect to turn um I can't expect to turn every player I work with into him because it's not going to happen and don't don't take it don't take it as a as a as a sign of disrespect don't take it as a diss but it's just, we, I'm, we're talking about realistic measures. You know what I mean? Like, because if, if that's the case, I put it this way. If I could turn your son into DG, your son would be in the NBA. I would have a thousand NBA players <laughs> right now. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's just, that is what it is. So I think you got to also understand, man, like, I think just the request, and I, I get it because I think when people see the work and they see how enamored, um, of the process and how you have helped build and turn a player into a, into a, a great talent such as DG, I get it. And, and, and so if I, I understand as a parent, if I see that, like, man, like Jamal was able to, to help DG do this, this, and this, like, I want, man, I want him to do that for my, for my child. I get that excitement, but then like, you also have to bring it down to like, let's, 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 let's bring it down to earth. You know what I mean? Let's bring it down to earth because, I can't, you know, everybody's not going to be him. So instead of, hey, let's turn my turn my son into a Darius Garland, I'd rather you say, hey, coach, can you can you develop and help my child in understanding the process and understanding what it took to be that caliber player and understanding what it took to be, uh, you know, to the process and, and understanding what it takes mentally. What does it take physically? Yeah. What does it take spiritually? What are the things? Let's take that process and can you help my son or daughter become a, a, a the greatest version of themselves? Oh, like no. we want to work. You know what I'm saying? Like let's work. Let's work like Darius. I don't want to turn my my player into a Darius. It, oh. Like I think changing that landscape of how you look at it will help you to be able to understand. Like my expectations now. It's really catered around my kid in a healthy state. 
and not in a in a in a state of comparison. You know what I'm saying? So I think like so I'm not gonna say that's the craziest thing that I get, but I will say like that's the most consistent thing that I get. But I'm and I'm gonna flip that back to you. I'm putting that back in your in your in your corner. It goes into the same lane. It's always um to piggyback everything you just said. It's always the I heard you work with such and such. Can you get my daughter or son to that to, to play like them? And I'm always saying the same thing. Can we just make your kid be the best version of who they're supposed to be? Mm -hmm. I think I get a random call sometimes. Of I think the biggest thing for me is when I get the random calls of consistently telling me what I need to do without me even meeting the kid at all before. Um, I feel like we as trainers have been doing this for so long. We have, we have an eye of what needs to be fixed and what needs to be enhanced. Um, so I would say that's probably the biggest thing is always just comparing kids. And I, I, that, that's the biggest frustrating thing to me. Like why a parent, I want my kid to be like somebody else's kid. I want mm. them to work. I want them to work and be them. That's what yes. I want. I don't think people understand the kids that they call and call and call and at and compare their kids to. They're usually with us every day, Javon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's not no one or two week days out of the week and then the rest of the week they got practicing out there. They're with you every day, whether it's before school, after practice, whatever, they're with you every day. And I don't think a lot of parents understand that. I tell parents like, you want your kid come here every day, I'll work with you financially. It ain't gotta be what, it's, what it is. We can figure it out if you want them to come here every day. So, I think that's the biggest thing just comparing kids like you said. Hey, I'm a, let me let me follow back up. Let me give you a follow up question. I know you mentioned, you know, parents call and tell you what they want. Kind of look at it in, in the concept of like, all right, let's say you are let's say you are a car mechanic or you you can you know you do a car renovation or whatever. And you know, they give you a hey, I want I want I want some new rims, I want uh i want a brand new display system i want leather seats i want such and such like how do you handle that in regards like you said as as a as a professional how do you handle regards of the request like do you do you allow parents to give you the outline of what it is that they want to specifically work on for their child or or when does it become too much when do you have to step in and say hey like i know you want to do all these things but right now i think it's best for us to X, Y, Z, A, B, C, kind of like, how do you handle that process? Um, you politely said the overbearing parent without saying it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you politely said it, um, which I've encountered plenty of times. Um, you handle it in the way of, I'm going to appease what you're telling me right now mm -hmm. because this is my first one or two times a week. I'm going to appease what you're saying, and I'm going to attack those things the first couple workouts. But after the first couple workouts, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to explain to you, like, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like your kid needs to work on this more and this more and this more. So the next few times I'll come is what we're going to attack because it may be something, something as simple as their footwork stepping into a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, you're going to work on a lot of footwork stuff to get this down because they're traveling right now every time they get ready to shoot. Right. Or, they're, or, they're, or they're stepping off balance, wherever the case may be, when they're going to see a shot. So... That's how I've always tried to handle it. Like, yeah, yeah I feel like I understand what you're saying. Yeah, they need to work on some of the things you told me. But more importantly, I think they need to focus on these things right now. 
And that's how I've always tried to handle it. That's a good point. And now to also segue into a topic um, that I, I know we both are, you know, very, very familiar with um, in terms of expectations and how it really impacts the dynamic of the relationship between a player and a parent. And in correlation, let's just call it what it is, you have a lot of parents that live through their children, right? And regards of seeing that their child has talent, seeing that their child has ability, and even if it's even if it's the complete opposite, but of pushing a child too hard or pushing them too much or being overbearing to the point where it really ruins the relationship between the parent and the child and becomes an unhealthy measure and there's no balance. Um, I can share just from experience with me, with my dad, uh, you know, my dad pretty much coached me throughout my whole life. And um, we had our, we had our moments, you know, I'm not, not going to sit up here and pump fake. Like I'm going to be honest. Like we had our moments, like we had our moments where we clashed. We had our moments where we really just went back and forth um, because my dad was really the only voice that I really heard, you know, because from, I'm talking about from when I first picked up a ball all the way until I went to, you know, until I, you know, graduated with the college. Um, so really I didn't have any other coaches outside of, you know, outside of high school, of course, in middle school, but I didn't have any other coach except my dad. So that's the only voice I heard. And so, um, there's the you know and so for me personally like there was always an expectation that i felt like i had to live up to for playing for my you know playing for my pops you know what i'm saying because my pops was tough he was an old school old school so tough hard nose gave you tough love um you know but was my biggest cheerleader but also was my biggest critic um but i will say like even though we clashed i think my dad also knew you know, when to kind of back up, when to kind of, you know, like, let you know, let, let off the leash. You know what I mean? Um, but there are some parents and some uh, some players that they're not as, you know, fortunate to have that type of relationship. So I kind of talk about, man, like how that is impactful in regards of keeping a healthy relationship, a relationship between player and parent. Um, I always address parents with, if you're going to pay for a service, let me go do my job. That's the first thing I always try to emphasize. And secondly, I think more than anything, I try to tell parents, like, let me be a different voice for your kid. Granted, you may have been saying the same things I've been saying. I mean, mm -hmm. I to them, but all they hear from you is take out the garbage, go wash the clothes, go, go do your homework, whatever the case may be, go to your room. That's all they hear when you're talking to them about basketball. So let me just right. let me. Trust me and let me be the different voice to emphasize the things that you've already been preaching. Because I feel like, of course, as a as a father, you're going to work with your son or daughter up until a certain age. But to a, up to a certain point, I want to hand my kid to someone else so our relationship as father-son stays Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think me and you've talked about this several times. Like, we have this child, like, Jamal, I'm going to get to him. He's probably like seven, eight, bro. I'm just going to be done with his home. I want him to think that's Uncle Jamal that works with me. That's who, that's my guy. Instead of daddy always being, let's go to the gym, let's go to the gym. Uncle Jamal, he's going to feel like, I'm going to see my Uncle Jamal, we're going to do what we're going to do. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that I try to emphasize to parents is just let me be a voice, just trust what I'm, I'm, I'm teaching and instilling in them, not just basketball-wise, but in life, period. Try to have life lesson talks from time to time with the kid, especially once you start building a relationship with the kid. Because it's like we always say, it's bigger than basketball. Mm -hmm. We always try to engage with the kids outside of just, how many points you scored last night? What happened? What happened again? Like, I want to have real life talks with them about like high school, man. You got girlfriend, you got boyfriend, like what, what's going on? Make sure they feel like, and they know that I do care, genuinely. Right. Right. Just, like, just like their parents do. So <clears throat> I feel like, like I said before, it's all about being a different voice. And I try to always tell parents just like, so let me, let them trust me. We'll, we'll figure it out, we're gonna make it work. I think that's the biggest thing. Absolutely, man. That's, that's that's super valid, man. And and I'm gonna add something to that too, man. I think, man, the best thing, as, as I said before earlier, the best thing a parent can do is be supportive, uh, particularly when dealing with coaches, when dealing with uh, trainers. Like the best thing that you can do is just be supportive. Uh, I'll be honest. The last thing that players want to hear, especially when they have rough games, is you jumping down their throat even more you know they hear it from the crowd they hear it from the uh, from the coaches they hear it from the teammates at some point you know as a parent i think it's important that you provide a healthy support system a healthy support base um to help them through the tough games the tough moments the tough situations that the game brings now i think that now i'm not saying they should be excluded from accountability yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think you do need to have you gotta have them conversations like, hey, son or daughter, look, like in order for you to get to XYZ, like you gotta play better. You gotta be mentally better. You gotta be, but there's a way of doing it in a healthy space. You can hold them accountable without like jumping down their throat and without, you know, making like making them feel subjective to like extreme failure. You know what I mean? Like, because there's those moments when you know, they're going to be at the pinnacle. They're going to be at the top of the mountain. And then also there's going to be moments when they're going, they're, going, they're going to hit a low point. You know, so as a parent, like, how do you, you know, how do you, you know, manage and, and handle helping your child get through those spaces is, is very, very important. Um, you know, again, particularly, man, when you're dealing with certain coaches that are, especially coaches that are super tough, that are super demanding, that needs, that, that really wants and demands and expects a lot out of you. Man, I ain't gonna lie, man. The last thing I want to hear is my mom and dad just chumping down my, you know, chumping down me on, on me because I didn't, I, I I had a rough shooting game and we may have won, but I didn't play particularly well. And I'm here, I'm having to hear. Well, that's the last thing I really want to hear. You know what I mean? And so I think that's the last thing players want to hear. And again, I'm not saying exclude them from accountability, but I am saying if you are going to hold them accountable, hold them accountable in a space to where, man, like you're not you're not, you know, emotionally and, and, and verbally beating them up. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a lot for them to take on because, you know, there, there's already self-expectation. for As a basketball player, you're going to have, naturally have self-expectation. You're, you know, especially when you prepare and work hard and you do the work and you put in the time and effort, like you're going to hold yourself to a standard with as an individual. And sometimes we don't, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to exceed or we're not going to um, succeed in meeting those expectations. So there's already that within ourselves that we have to battle, an inner battle, you know, an inner struggle that we battle with 
uh, just depending on how, you know, how you think individually as a person. So a parent, man, the best thing you can really do, man, is really be a great support system for your kid. I think it's so important and so vital that sometimes, man, having that rough game, but, man, my mom and dad, come. my first thing my mom is do, man, she gives me a hug. Hey, son, I'm proud of you. Like, that for me, man, was so important, so important because it helped me to learn how to manage and understand that, listen, you're going to have those rough stretches, but that comes along with the game. That comes along with life. But I'm here to support you. I'm here that I'm in your corner regardless you score 50 points. Regardless, you score zero points. Regardless, you have you made the game win a shot. Regardless, you made the biggest mistake in your career. Like having that support goes a long way. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that goes to what you said earlier, though, about the parent living through the kid. That goes all back to that full circle. Majority of time, majority of time when the parents living through the kid, they take they take the kid playing bad harder than the kid does absolutely absolutely they go and, that whole point and, and even and that's what we talk about and that's where pride comes into play that's you know because as a parent you know what i'm saying ain't nothing like bragging on your child you know <laughs> what i'm saying hey listen my son I, I'm, I, I'm 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 keeping always stacked look if i have a son lord bless me with a son or daughter and they're really good at basketball oh i'm telling you i'm talking about shit. i ain't gonna lie to you let i'm letting it be known you can't yeah oh yeah i'm letting me know like you can't you can't touch my daughter you can't touch my son like my son is boom 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 and then but again there's the expectation and then there's the pride that comes along with that because then now there's a target and sometimes as a parent you can unintentionally create a target for your child you know what i'm saying but now again i'm gonna use let's use lamella let's i mean let's use lavar ball right Use Levar, 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 Levar Ball, prime example of that. You know what I'm saying? Lavar put the target on his three on his three sons, but I think Lavar did it in a way. I always felt like he did it in a context that was more uplifting, more than demoting and pulling them down. Like I always felt like he handled it the right way. Marketing. You know what I'm saying? And he marked he marked it. He marked the crap out of him. And he did a fantastic job of that. But regardless of the what the the world thought about him, like he believed and uplifted his sons so much to the point to where, like, really just like, you know, globalized them to the degree of like it made them so polarizing. People either you can either you either love them or you hate them. Yeah. But you had to, it wasn't no in between. So I appreciate that about LeVar, but LeVar always stood in the corner of his son. I'm going to use uh, Marcus Fitzgerald. I'm going to use his dad, Paper. I'm going to use his dad for example. So when Marcus was young, like, paper, really, Paper was kind of before his, he was ahead of his time. He was LeVar Ball before LeVar Ball. Well, Paper was always promoting, 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 boom, 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 promoting, promoting. And then everything that come along with that, like, because he promoted and uplifted his son so much, people started to see that and look at that. Like, they started to naturally hate Marcus because of the of, of the publicity and promotion. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because, again, that's my child. That's my child. And, and like, I'm supporting my child. I'm uplifting my child. 
but also understand the other side of that too and everything that comes along with that because when you put them in those spaces be prepared for everything the backlash the 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 own pouring of of onslaught of man he did his son all that blah 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 and that's not even and your intent is not even to belittle anybody else kid but it's more so to just listen i'm celebrating my son or daughter i'm i'm highlighting them but there's a lot that comes along with that too you know what i'm saying so um so i, I think yeah i think again man you 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 do that but also too like be prepared for everything that comes along with that as well you definitely gonna be prepared for everything that comes along with that but you also learn a lot about your kid and how mentally tough they are and i like that tough as hell i like that because he went through a lot through high school with the hate he did. went through a lot and he came through it and, and i admire him for that that's some real shit he went through facts so definitely find out a lot about your kid we found a lot about marcus because once you're once you start getting that publicity um people put their own expectations on you mm -hmm. and you're never going to usually live up to people's other people's expectations so for him to block all that noise out and still make it big deal big deal huge big huge deal. and that's coming from when he was in middle school you know what i mean like yeah. i bro just and you know again the Nashville go viral. You really think about it. Yeah, like I remember when Handle Life featured yeah. him on the page, like, and he just like he really blew up. You know what I mean? He was the first dude from Nashville, like, really just, you know, really just blow up on that context on a national, on a national stage like that, man. Like, and to see like everything, how everybody was just like down his throat, bro. Like, man, just wanting to see, like, you know what I'm saying? It was at a point. It was bad. It was bad, but. It also goes to show like how like you said how tough marcus was man and how he and but more importantly i always admire paper i always admire paper because like i said earlier like he held marcus accountable and it wasn't more it wasn't about the performance but it was always about his mental mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like he said he always told him listen i said i don't care if you go 0 for 10 man don't don't ever don't ever let anybody see you and don't let don't ever let anybody have the ability to say man his his body language man he quit man he was he was soft mentally like he said man I, like i don't care what you do he said but one thing you're not going to be you're not going to be soft mentally like you're going to be able nobody should be able to tell whether you have a good game or bad game because when you go out there and play you go out there and play with a with a with a love and positive spirit you go out there and play with a desire of of knowing that you're a talented player that you gonna have good games and bad games, but your confidence ain't, ain't gonna never waver. And that's the one thing I've always admired about paper. And paper, another thing that he does too, man, like I appreciate this about him as well. He's always celebrated other kids too. Like yes. he's always highlighted other kids. And that's one thing I think that he does not get credit for to, to, to my to my opinion. He doesn't get enough credit for how he celebrates other people. He other he celebrates other people's success. And that's a big thing, and I think that's so important too, man, because then it takes – not only does it take a lot off of, like, just him personally, but more so it's like he genuinely wants to see anybody that's, that, that, that Marcus is a part of or that he just even supports, even that even Marcus may not be a part of, that he may just – that paper may personally know. He always is supportive of other people's kids. Like, I see him promote Junior Clay. Junior Clay is, in, you know, obviously him and Marcus, man, back best backcourt in the OVC. Well, when Junior Clay uh, broke 2,000 mark, man, Mar Marcus, uh, pay, Big Paper was the first one to 
boom, 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 man, congratulations, boom. Even when Hershey Miller was here, he was always he always promotes the other players on the team. He always does that. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's 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 very noble on his part, man. I don't think he don't get enough credit for that too. Real, real, real. Um, I guess we'll go to the last topic here. Um, how do we, as trainers, continue to uh, – what's the word? I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. How do we, as trainers, continue to push forward and not give kids or parents unrealistic expectations from us. That's what I'm trying to say. What I mean that by is how do we continue to say we get a kid like we know is not on that level. How do we continue to push forward and help them get somewhere with their talent that they may already have? How do we try to please the parents without losing our integrity? I guess is what I'm trying to say the right way. Yeah. I, I, I think, man, this it's simple, bro. I mean, you said this earlier, man. The truth, the truth will set you free. Period. Um, just being being honest. I think being honest in a way of not um you're not trying to um destroy confidence, you're not trying to um you know kill a player's dreams or, or hopes or anything to that capacity, but um you have to be honest about who they are. You have to be honest about what to expect you have to be honest about you know where they are and you have to be honest about where they could potentially go um i think a big part of it comes from like having the ability to you know one having them let me just say this having the ability to receive and having the ability to process those two things are so important. So on our end, we have to be able to have the ability to receive. I'm just going to speak for like our responsibility role as trainers. I think we have to have the ability to be able to receive everything that comes with those expectations from parents and players, mm -hmm. I, even through the, through, I mean, like really just taking the whole load of, of what's come, you know, of what's to come in regards to, what they want, how far they want to go. And it's our job to be able to truthfully filter and decipher what's realistic, what's not realistic, what you can expect, what you can't expect. Now, there's not to say that anything can't change in between time because, again, we can't predict the future, you know, I'm pretty sure nobody expected Steph Curry to be one of the greatest shooters of all time and one of the, you know, Hall of Famer. Nobody expected that, right? So I think it just comes down to the point of having parents and players understand this. You are who you are, and you're going to become what you're going to become, and you're not going to deviate from that and – Nobody's going to stop you from being who you're supposed to be. Now, how far you go depends on – it's a lot of different factors that depend on that. Right opportunity at the right time, uh, 
you know, depends on, you know, how you're, you know, genetically are, are, are created, how hard you work, the sacrifice and time and dedication that you're going to you know, take towards being in a position to where you can be the best version of yourself. But more importantly, I think the biggest thing, man, is just helping, helping pay, players and parents understand to just take it one day at a time, mm. to not jump the gun, to not put the cart before the horse. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, let's just use an example of, of, of players that didn't make it to the NBA and how the expectation was for that player to. Lenny Cook. Yeah, yeah. Prime example, Lenny Cook is a great example. Having the whole hood, having his whole family, having the whole community depend on him on making it. And that's all he ever envisioned. That's all he knew is, I got to make it, I got to make it. And prematurely, a lot of that came to him too soon because he was so eager and so anxious on being in that spotlight, being in that limelight, regarded as the best player in the country, over LeBron James at the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, we all know the story on that. But the expectation, though, was just it was too much given to him too soon as a kid. And I think because everybody was depending on him to make it so bad that he prematurely made a decision that was not the best for him. Because what was probably best for him is going to college. What was best for him was, you know, picking the right school, developing, getting into the right situation and being able to understand and listen, the NBA is not going anywhere. NBA ain't going nowhere. It's, it's been here before you've been before you were even before you even existed. It's going to be it's going to be here after you depart. You know what I'm saying? So like. Focus on and I get it. There's a lot of life things that happen that, you know, that, that kind of alters and, and, it, and it affects the way your process. But I think, man, just being patient, if you can make it this far, if you can make it this far in life without being in the NBA, I'm pretty sure waiting an extra year or two or three or four, however that may look, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you waiting that, be being patient and you having to do diligence and waiting their time and going at the right time is going to help you be prepared, way more prepared than what you were when you jumped in prematurely, you know what I'm saying? So I think, man, the expectations all kind of comes down to just take it a day at a time. You know what I'm saying? Parents, listen, a lot of your unrealistic expectations for your child get your child in bad spots. It puts your child in bad situations. You thinking that your child is better than what they really are because you're not telling them the truth and you're not having people around you telling them the truth. And then when it doesn't work out, you pick you you pick up your child, you try to move them in another situation, and that doesn't work. You try to move them in another situation, and that doesn't work. So then now you get stuck with a label of being a person and being a parent or being a player that's like, if it don't work, man, we're gonna go. If it don't work, so you're not even teaching your child how to even work through adversity, how to fight, how to compete, how to accept challenges, how not to give up, how to figure it out. How to be able to say, what do I need to do to get over the hump? Because when you always, you know, when you always curtail it around, if this ain't the perfect fit for my child, we gone. It don't work that way. So if you're going to just keep continue to pick up and move, that means you're not even being 
realistic with your expectations about your child. You're not being real about your child. Well, you know what? Just because he, all, he or she's an All-American in, in, at, at this juncture, okay, when they walk in, you're going to be competing against five or ten other All-Americans, right? So what is it going to be? Is it you either sink or swim? And sometimes as a parent, you're going to have to learn how to let go. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to one day, you can't hold your child hand forever. You can always be supportive. You're always going to be there. But at some point in time, you're going to have to let that child's hand go. You're going to have to let them figure it out. You're going to have to let them learn how to fight for it. You're going to be there. You're going to support. You ain't going to give up on them. But sometimes they can't call it depending on you. You can't go talk to it. Bless you. Thank you. You can't go talk to that coach and 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 go politic with the coach and go do this and do that to get your child playing. It don't work that way because some coaches go, man, hey, okay, we had this conversation. I appreciate it. But, hey, I'm just going to tell your son or daughter to pack their bags. They can come back home with you. Now what do you do? You understand what I'm saying? So, man, just take it a day at a time. Like, be real. Like, be honest with yourself. Be honest with your with your child. I think that's so important, man. And again, get to a place to where, man, you just enjoy the process. Take it one day at a time. If your child can't dribble with their left hand, don't get discouraged because they couldn't do it in the first session or the second session. Like, keep encouraging. Keep telling them to practice. Keep telling them, to, hey, you know, hey, you did a good job today, but, hey, we need to put some more work in. Hey, let's go, let's go work on our left hand for 15 more minutes. And you will be surprised how giving them that positive reinforcement, how, how that really changes and how that really helps them on wanting to even be more motivated to wanting to go practice, to wanting to go do more. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of, like, force-feeding them and making them have to do it, like, because sometimes they may do it out of resentment. They may do it out of resentment for you because you're forcing them to do it. You don't want your child to do something out of resentment against you. You want them to do it because they genuinely love to do it. You understand what I'm saying? So I think, man, I think that's, like, the most important thing, in my opinion, in the aspect of, like, take it a day at a time. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your child. Like, because some of y'all are really setting them, setting your child up for failure because you're thinking they're really better than what they are. And, and, and because you have this, you know, this unrealistic measure, like, you are expecting them, everything to be catered around them. And, and it's not, life don't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. And it's not always going to be a perfect fit. It's not always going to be a perfect situation. But it's good for your child to have to go through it. And even if it's, they at least go through it, stick it out and don't quit on it. And then if it's not right for them, okay, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to pick up and adjust. You're going to have to pick up and move. You're going to have to pick up and find another situation. I'm not saying not to find what's best for you, but I am saying when it's not around what you're looking for, like don't make it to the point to where it's, man, you know what? We ain't finna, man, man, we ain't getting no playing time over here. We gone. I never, last time, last time I'm going to say it, you got the floor, bro. I remember listening to a story, a Joel Berry, that played at University of North Carolina point guard. I remember him telling this, telling his, um, telling his testimony. And he talked about his freshman year when he first got to Carolina. Now, mind you, Joel Berry, McDonald All-American, um, Jordan Brand All-American was one of the top, I think like top two point guards in the country in his class, top 10 in, top 10 in his class overall. Like, you name any superlative, he had it. Remember going, he said, he remember going in his freshman year. 
freshman year, playing under Roy Williams, didn't get to play. Barely got playing. Now he's playing behind Marcus Page, right? Playing behind Marcus Page, like playing behind big time players. So didn't get to play his freshman year. Was Coach Roy Williams on his ass every single day to the point where he wanted to quit. Called his mom. Ma, I'm thinking about coming back home. Ma, I want to transfer. Ma, I think about coming home. And she told him the, the realest thing. She told him the most loving thing you can tell your child. And she said, I don't know what you think you're going to do, but you can't come home. <laughs> Coming home is not an option for you. You're going you're gonna to keep your butt at North Carolina, and you're going to figure it out. He said, because the, the moment you come home is the moment I'm enabling you to quit. I'm enabling you to giving in to being uncomfortable and running away from adversity. Long story short, Joel Berry ends up being first-team All-American in senior year, junior, senior year. One of the best point guards, Bob Cousy, won the Bob Cousy Award. North Carolina was one of the best teams in the country. I think they went to, made a deep NCAA run. Everything fell into place for him because he learned how to battle through the adversity. But his mom was the realest in that, in that moment, and she showed the most love to him. That was the most loving thing she could do for him at that time because she would not give him a crutch. She was very honest. She was very realistic because it was bigger than just a game at that point. It was about life. If you quit on this, son, if you quit on – if you decide to give in on something, this is something you love to do. And if you give in on that because the cards aren't stacked in your favor, what am I like? What am I doing as your parent? What am I doing as your mother or father if I'm enabling and giving you that crutch? Oh, well, they ain't playing my son. Okay, we gone. We out of here. What am I doing? I'm not helping you. If anything, I'm I'm setting you up for failure. So the best thing that the best thing that she did for him out of love. Nope, you're not coming home. The only time you come home, you come home for some when you you know you get done with the season, you get done with you know, you'll come home for the summer for a little bit, but you gonna you staying at that school. And that's the best thing that happened to him. And the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? So that's just kind of my two cents on it. You got the floor, bro. Hey, bro. Um, you know, I don't have no follow up for everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> You just said everything. <laughs> um, hey, man, the hardest part, which really ain't that hard. I'm going to stop saying that. That's not the hardest part. We just have to be honest, man. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that we take pride in is just being honest with parents, being honest with kids, and, and keeping it a buck. And I think that's why people respect us and people continue to come, with, come back to us or come to us as new clients. It's just honest, man. Like, yeah, you, you're great at what you do, but honest as well with the parents and the kids and I think that's the biggest thing uh, that can't be taken away regardless from just being honest and being real and upfront with parents and kids to piggyback the soliloquy you just went on. I did go on the soliloquy. I went on quite a went on quite a tangent man but uh, I think you said it best bro man honesty is the best policy man just just being honest you know what I'm saying because we really want I think out of this conversation, man, from the both of from, from the both of us, like we really want, you know, players to understand this one. Your parents aren't 
is that you know their parents your parents aren't doing this to hurt you like they love you yeah. they absolutely love you and sometimes they're just misguided sometimes they just don't know you know what i mean sometimes they are needing the guidance they're needing the 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 knowledge to be able to learn how to navigate and handle your your situation secondly parents understand that everybody is not against your child <laughs> you know what i'm saying like everybody is not set out to see your child fail yeah now i think it's the point to where you have to just decipher and know who's in your corner who's not in your corner who was supportive who's not as supportive who's being advantageous and using you for the wrong reasons or who's really um in your circle to really see your child win and be successful but also within that, making sure that you understand that be humble, be humble in this, because in this in this realm, in this industry, fall, you will fall, you will fall hard on your ass, you will fall flat on your face. Period. Small world, it's a small basketball world, a small man. It's a small world, man, and the way that you parents, the way that you treat people, the way that you treat coaches. The way that you treat other kids, the way that you treat other parents, the way that you treat other trainers, trust me, word gets around. And if, you, if you get that type of reputation of being one of those type of parents that feels like can't nobody tell you nothing and you just know it all and you don't know how to treat people, you don't know how to respect people, like that, it gets around in this industry, man. And once it gets around, it is hard for you to lose that label right and the one thing you don't want to do you don't want to be you don't the last thing you need to do is misrepresent yourself because when you misrepresent yourself more importantly it's going to be the detriment of your child i'm gonna say that one more time misrepresenting yourself is going to end up falling back on your child and your child is the one that's going to be hurt the most because your child may be a great kid may be a great person but if they're not willing to deal, if people aren't willing to deal with you, because you are, you are, a, you are a part of the child's brand. That's your child. You created, like you are responsible for creating and taking care of and nurturing. And, so understand that you ain't just, it ain't just about building up your child's brand. Like you are a part of your child's brand. So if you come with baggage and everything, that, everything that comes along with that, people aren't going to be as willing to deal with you. They're not going to be willing to want to work with you. They're not going to be willing to accept regardless of how talented. I tell you what, you got to be supremely talented. <laughs> I'm talking about you got to be, you got to be Victor Wimbiama. You got to be LeBron James. You got to be on Kevin Durant. You got to be one of them type of talents or for, 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 for people to deal with your, with the shenanigans and everything that comes along with that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, man, it's, it's, this conversation is so important, man, and I think it's so, um, I think it's so vital, uh, particularly from us, man. One, we don't, you know, again, we don't have kids per se, but I know we feel like we got a thousand kids plus that we work with yeah. day in and day out, and so, um, and we're, you know, we've had the opportunity to deal with a lot of different unique situations, um, and so which with our experience, again, we're not trying to, parents understand this, we're not trying to tell you, we're not trying to tell you how to handle your child, but we are just offering 
you know, these 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 gems. We're offering just wisdom and just our knowledge and just our experience. And just because more importantly, parents and players, like we want y'all relationships and we want the dynamic of your relationship to be as healthy as possible. And like you said, man, I know, I know for the both of us, bro, listen, when we have kids, and I told myself this, man, the number one thing that I want to be for my child, I want to be my child's number one fan. Yeah. I want to be a fan. I want to sit and enjoy watching. If my child chooses, my children's child chooses to play basketball, I want to sit and enjoy watching them play. I don't want to put the whole unnecessary pressure. I just don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they come to me, if my child, if my children, a child comes to me, and I, once my advice or once my, you know, once my help is, I, I'm gonna be, I'm always gonna be there to do that. I'm always gonna be there to provide assistance or resource or whatever they like. We hey, we had a bad game. All right, listen, you know what we're gonna do? Let's go get some shots up. Let's go. Let's, let's let's take your mind off of it. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's go back and. You know, we're not gonna watch film tonight. We're gonna watch film tomorrow. Let's watch film. Let's just break. And when we break it down, I'm not going. I'm not breaking it down to beat you up. I'm breaking it down just to help you understand. This is what you got to do to avoid being in these situations. I'm gonna make sure I'm coming at it from a healthy standpoint. But like you said, I love what you said earlier, though, Sean. In regards of man turning the turning that over to somebody else that I trust. Like the biggest thing, the biggest thing I really appreciate about my relationship with DG is his mom and dad and the trust that they had in me and helping him become uh, become the player that he is and, can, and the player that he will continue to be. Because now again, like his dad get it. Trust, his dad played in the NBA. His dad knows way, like knows way more in regards to just, again, he played in the NBA. So the experience, the knowledge, like he knows, like he knows how this works. He knows how this goes. He's reached to them. He's been at the pinnacle. He's reached to, he reached the mountaintop. For for the you know for the things that the NBA that basketball players want to reach, so but for him to you know trust me and allow me to be a part of his son's process, and more importantly, man, from watching him and how he handled his son and how mama how my mama Garland how she um, how she handled him as well, like you know again they held him accountable, but it was in a way in a, in a measure of. They did it in a healthy space, man. And again, like people, people forget, like you know, Winston coached Darius in high school. You know, he was an assistant coach, mm -hmm. but the way that he he wasn't the come on, you he always it was it was it was always in a in a in a healthy tone. It was always in a tone of hey, like hey, ten, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Hey, ten, hey, great job, hey, love it. He was always the big. And again, Winston is another guy, always supporting other kids man always pouring into other kids he just didn't make it about Darius. like he was always supportive of other kids man and wanting to see other kids other people's kids succeed and i think that's so important man if you can learn how to celebrate other hey man you can learn how to celebrate other people man when they win like it's it's so much good and so many so many blessings that's gonna come back to you on that man but um but nah man this was a, a great episode bro um and i i hope man people i hope people take you know what we what we're sharing and what we giving to them, man. Take it to heart. You know what I mean? Because again, man, it's we've seen a lot of you know situations, man, where you know relationships have been have been broken because of basketball, because of expectations, man. You know what I mean? And, and resentment and anger and losing the love for the game, and that's the last thing that needs to happen, man. But more importantly, the last thing that needs to happen is that you're losing a relationship with 
your with your parent. You're losing a re relationship with your child because of a game. It's a game at the end of the day. Yeah. And the context is as much as we love it, as much as we have a desire for it, it's just a game. And let's keep it at Jake Shuttlesworth. Jake Shuttlesworth, man. You know what I'm saying? Try to get it. Try. He ended up going to big state. He ended up going to big state, but they man, they, they kept my boy in cars ready, man. You know Those were, but he ruined that relationship as a kid, though, too. Facts. That's true. Yeah. Ah, uh, I appreciate everything tonight, Jamal. Another good episode, brother. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Live stream, man. Live stream, man. Yeah, before before we get out, man, how you how you how you feeling about the new setup, man? Let's talk talk about this real quick, man. New setup, boom. Why we? This is dope. This is dope. You know. oh, for sure. For sure. Quiet. I ain't gonna lie. Quiet. No uh I'm better. Quality OD though. I ain't gonna lie to you. We better. Yeah, we'll we'll pre we appreciate the five people that, that tuned and tapped in, tuned in. Like we're gonna get them, don't worry, we're gonna get them numbers up. You know what I'm saying? We'll get them numbers up. We just we gotta figure out how we gonna you know get everybody to transition from you know from the ground. I know everybody's so used to seeing us on the ground, but you know, now we're trying to transition to YouTube because again we wanna I bet, I bet if we get who we supposed to have tomorrow, it'll transition from. Oh yeah, oh, no, no question about that for sure. No question about that. It's definitely gonna go up. It's definitely gonna go up. So we gonna we gonna we gonna definitely put that in motion though for sure. So yeah, man. So I'm I'm excited about that. So I'm, you know we gonna we ain't gonna give it away. We ain't gonna, give it away. <laughs> we're gonna be quiet. We ain't gonna give it away. We gonna give it away. So y'all y'all stay y'all stay tuned. Y'all stay ready. You know what I'm saying? Man, stay ready. Stay tuned. We got we got some. Got some lined up, man. Got some lined up, but um, nah, man. Great episode, bro. And um, and I mean, hey, I hope the people, man. I hope they, I hope they, they took took the words to to, to the heart, man. This, you know, hey, parents, players, y'all listen to us now. We we know what we talking about a little bit. Now, we ain't got no kids now, but we know what we talking about now. You know what I'm saying? We know what we talking about a little bit. Well, I guess we gonna get off here. Close it out. We're going to get out, man. Hey, man, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, excited about this new transition, of course. Yeah. And we're going to keep, you know, I think it's, bro, we're going to keep making this, man, high quality. Uh, we want to we provide, you know, the best you know content, uh, being the best version of ourselves, man. We ain't competing with any other podcast, so don't even – we ain't even going out that route, man. We doing this because we love – we love doing this for y'all, and we love doing this for each other, man, and – whether we only got zero, we got zero people, we got a thousand or a million people. Like we, we love doing this, man. So, but we appreciate y'all as always. I am down below. I ain't got to say it because y'all see it on the screen now. So, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can we, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Look at the presentation. You know what I'm saying? We got the, you feel what I'm saying? Bam. So, y'all know me, my dog to the left or to the right, whichever way, you know, I look like I'm inverted, but <laughs> something like that. Something like that. But uh, stay prayed up, man. Stay out the way.